Shaba. How's everybody doing? Toki. Mrs. Toki, holy smoky. Toki, holy smoky. Bespokey. <laughs> Custom seamless garment, $150,000 minimum. We're here for the glory. <laughs> Garments. You know, by reading your Bibles, that they are extremely expensive. Grace is so expensive, it cost God. His only begotten Son paid the price for you to be dressed in Eden's spice. Mm. Isn't that nice? Mm. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for everyone tuning in and rapturing every teachable heart being crucified of pride and lust to hear what the Spirit says to the churches and not just be hearers only but doers to rise on the mountain of holiness through obedience to the acts of the Holy Ghost. We're going into the wilderness three days to make sacrifice to our God. I think we've been in the wilderness for three days I think the final sacrifice we make unto our God is giving Him our entire soul. It's one thing to bring external sacrifice. That's necessary. That's biblical. We also need to learn how to completely and totally make internal sacrifice of our souls. You cannot rise on the holy mountain unless you love God more than your own soul. It's the prerequisite that you are liking Him more than you're liking yourself. As it's written, no one can love themselves unless they receive God's love. So it's the source of God that gives us the ability for all things. As it is written, apart from me, you can do everything in your own dead <laughs> works and strange fire. Love Ministries me, myself, worldwide. and I. Love me, myself, and I. <laughs> me, mine. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Just read the Bible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus didn't even say the Bible. You I know have what he my said? own discernment the from the Word. The Spirit of Truth. That's pretty wild. Uh, I felt a check in my spirit. I tell you the truth. Overcoming death is overcoming religion. The last curse to be swallowed up is religion. Christian religion is the predominant thing out here, and we're making a little progress. Honestly, it's still pretty bad. It's pretty intense, the stuff we deal with, the opposition every day, the religious spirits everywhere, and... Uh, we're going to plow we're, through it. We're just concerned. We're just concerned for the, the group that you've joined. They're clearly on drugs. There's a reason why... <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why tell. Jesus Christ said you're going to have to forsake your family in order to be my disciple. Because like Job's story, they all get demon-possessed and start lying to you. I mean, if it wasn't in the Bible 300 times, I'd say maybe something else you can obey your family but the bible says the exact opposite that the main demonic attacks will come not through 
disciples become, become <laughs> like, like trying to think of a source members. where it won't come through. What did Jesus Christ say in the red letters? <laughs> your enemies would be the members of your, your own, own household. household. That's scripture. Your enemies would be the members of your own household. It is written. <laughs> and you don't deal with it until you present yourself to become possibly a disciple of God's word. A disciple of the Holy Spirit, a disciple of the mountain, and the disciple of the sacrifice of self that few in Christianity have ever sacrificed. The majority have not. You need to listen to this. The majority have not made their souls the sacrifice. They've made an external Jesus, which means a theology and doctrine about God and a false application of grace. That's what they've made their Christianity. So that there's no responsibility on the part of the believer and it's all some external mm-hmm. God so that no one ever grows and they all play the blame game and, and they all just let false grace abound and it's not even real grace. When real grace mm-hmm. comes, it comes with living water. Grace and living water are the same substance. So the floods of the days of Noah will be a floods a flood of grace. Floods of Loose. Loose <laughs> the juice. Loose the cosmic floods <laughs> of grace. Now the wrath of the lamb is torrents of grace. People say, oh, we're abusers. You can't abuse grace. Grace is the blood of Jesus. It abuses you. What you can do is get into some kind of weird doctrine about God and think you know something in your brain. It just means you're into demons. That's not grace. You're into hell. There's no grace in hell. They just deceive you, steal your birthright and inheritance, and when you die, you see how you're wrong your whole life about everything. We don't want that for anyone. We want you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but to others we speak in parables, riddles, and dark speech. Which means ever seen but never perceiving. They could look at God, never understand anything he ever said. That's what the Bible says. Most everyone will not understand. They'll never understand. Why? Because they make no room for any understanding outside of their humanity. Outside of the human nature, it's the only possibility if God can enter your heart in a new way, a fresh way, a way out of your control. Something that's separated from your soul. The Word of God separates your soul from you. (laughs) Hebrews 4.12, which means you're no longer the factor. The Word's the factor. The Spirit of Grace is the factor. You progressively get out of the way and let God be God and you be the temple of God. The issue is we barely even know him. We know about him, which is the knowledge of good and evil, which is the curse of the fall, which means we're very religious. We're extremely religious in a charismatic religious Christianity now for a hundred years. We are religious in a so-called Holy Spirit. You see it every day. Demon-possessed warlock Pharisees saying, how dare you grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's not grieved. Your demons are grieved. Your religious demons are grieved. Your religious Mm -hmm. demons are offended. Your prideful human demons can't stand true grace. Now, 
I've noticed that considerable amounts of revelation, some of it, especially the you are God's revelation and more of the, the sun revelations, the mm. celestial revelations, that irks people. But Pharisees will even embrace that. Pharisees will embrace, embrace any knowledge. Mm -hmm. Greeks seek knowledge, which means mm -hmm. I don't care how far out your knowledge is. Pharisees, there'll be Pharisees out there, they'll still like your fringe knowledge. I don't care if you think you're a pioneer and you're like Joshua and Caleb spy company, you're out there doing promised land knowledge. A Pharisee can tur turn any knowledge you get from any realm of heaven into dead letter human tradition. Yeah. The most advanced knowledge become a Pharisee's pride and joy in their brain. I'm better oh. than you because of what I know. Now you're exactly like Lucifer and the fallen yeah. angels. Yeah. And that's exactly how it is. What they can't stand, even from infancy to maturity, is the glorious freedom of the Son of God. Glory freedom is what destroys the works of the devil in both Hebrew and Greek. Which means you've got to stay free in order mm -hmm. to grow in glory. It takes grace to walk on sapphire pavement in the stars. Through the path of the stars, the lightning path of the stars, talked about in the book of Enoch, it takes undeserved, pure, cosmic levels of grace to walk on sapphire stones like Moses to go into heaven. A much greater grace than ever before. Each degree of rising is a greater grace that you're walking in. It's the freedom to not be... Why is it freedom? Because you're not earthbound. You're not earthbound. Ooh. It's a dependency on Whoa. Jesus. Whoa. What it is, is the person Jesus gets bigger in your hearts and minds. Less of self and more of him. The Bible says Jesus Christ is a man of grace. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. The person Jesus, what makes him Savior is that he is a man of grace. Now this Christian church, especially Laodiceans, they love the teachings of grace because it gets them off the hook of ever changing or doing anything yeah. or repenting or bearing fruit or giving or sacrificing. And it's just laziness and disobedience everywhere because of knowledge of grace. Now I need you to understand, knowledge of grace is the polar opposite of the substance of grace. It's like hearing about a river. I hear there is a river that goes right through North America. I already America, know about that. I've known that for And like that river is called years. the Mississippi. Studied it in school. I know how many miles it is. I know where it starts, where it ends, comes from above, goes down to below. It goes through all kinds of other states through the continental USA. The issue is, you ever sailed it? You ever swam in it? You ever fished it? You ever canoed in it? There is an experience in the river, which is actual grace, versus knowledge about the river. Now, the river of life is a river of grace that comes from the throne of Jesus in heaven through the cosmos down into the earth. And you can liken the earth to the Dead Sea because the earth is the final resting place of the river of life. So the Dead Sea is the river where it settles. It's true. When you go up, you get the moving waters, which means you have to move out of the way. You have to be more responsive to Him. Down on earth, it's just floods of grace. The Bible says there'll be so much floods of grace, even the dead 
shall rise to their destruction. That's Jesus Christ in the red letters. A resurrection of the dead to eternal damnation by grace. And a resurrection of the living to eternal life in inheriting the earth through grace. Notice grace causes a rising of both the wicked and the righteous. And that's what Jesus Christ said in the Bible. So I tell you the truth. Everyone's going to rise because of the pioneers. This is sovereignty. When you are taking this planet and growing in its ability as a vessel and a sphere of angelic power into the cosmos, you're going higher in God. And God's goodness, what does the Bible say? Showers on the wicked and the righteous both. And we get frustrated. Oh, I want the judgment upon the wicked, the George Soros, the Hillary Clinton, the deep state, the Jewish mafia, the liars, the scoundrels, the instigators and creators of war. And we want justice. And God was showing me justice that we want against the wicked. Mm, righteousness. That are mostly in the Democratic Party in America right now. And that's the truth anyhow. The justice that we want against the wicked, the works and the plans and the agenda of the devils mm -hmm. and the sons and the daughters of devils that are real sons and daughters, real sorcerers everywhere. They're mostly politicians and religionists. Mm -hmm. The seed line of Cain and the fathering of fallen angels upon men and women is real in every generation and it's okay. secretive. It's very secretive and it's mostly involved in politics. Mm -hmm. Religion actually doesn't kill that many people. It does it through religious activity, but Stalin, you know, killed a hundred million. Mussolini, Adolf Hitler. If you study Antichrist, almost 100% of the time, they're political leaders, mm -hmm. okay? That's why this political wrestling in America is so severe. You're wrestling the Antichrist. Where do you think he is? In politics. Mm -hmm. So we see this stuff, especially you got discernment, you're in the Holy Ghost, so that you can really see darkness clearly. These people are evil and diabolical, and it's the pinnacle of wickedness that you're dealing with right now in America and in the nations. You know what the answer is? It's not what you think it is. The answer is the flood of grace. Oh, I don't know about that. They're just going to abuse it and kill more people, steal and destroy and do all kinds of lying things. No, it's not true. It's not true. Here's the verse for it. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Christ is the fragrance of life to the living, and the same Lord Jesus is the fragrance of death to the dying. So what's the call? More Christ. What is Christ? Christ is the spirit of grace. So it's almost like the overflow, because you're going to need it to overcome in your life. And you're going to see that stuff around you and you're going to want judgment. I tell you what, if it's not grace, the judgment will strike you. And that's where even charismatic Christians really get hit hard by the enemy. They no longer grow in grace, which means they're not growing in the divine nature. And they make themselves judges apart from the spirit of grace. The flood is the judge. And the flood is liquid grace. The experience of that will annihilate the legalism of the Antichrist in politics. Mm -hmm. That's how it's going down. A people that have grown up into cosmic grace. Right. Cosmic grace is righteousness. That's the difference. That's why the false grace of Jezebelic, God-outside-minded, bewitched Christianity 
never brings justice. And that's why people are af afraid they want to shy away from true grace. You have to understand that what you were taught was grace is not grace. So just getting rid of all it's of that baggage correct. and trauma because it never brings justice. Now, I know this from experience and others who are beginning to rise in righteousness understand this. When you rise in cosmic grace, cosmic righteousness, you go up, you raise a standard. It starts in your own life and your own family. What this does, I've noticed, as you go up by self-sacrifice of circumcision of each of those stones, it changes you permanently and you it brings a, a judgment. And that judgment is grace. So what that grace does is it causes everyone first in your own little circle the, to the extent and the measure you go up, it either empowers them to rise or it cuts them off from you and brings judgment on them and it'll, there might be like a negative thing happening to them until they repent, right? So there's, there's a separation, there's a flood, there's a, a change. Whereas in, you know, false, you know, grace of the charismatic church, things that we believed in the past to be grace, false love, just be nice, just be nice, let them walk all over you all that kind of stuff, that's when people get into, you know, the abusive or wrong relationships where things just never change or they just, they can't ever make it. Like their business is just a struggle after struggle after struggle and never any breakthrough, never any breakthrough. All those traumatic things that Christians go through and wonder why the promises of God don't work for them, it's because they're not actually walking in grace. They're just in false love, right, of black Venus, Netza, what have we learned? That false love of that false Holy Spirit, God outside minded bewitchment, afraid of the stars, right? In Enoch, it was written that those the sinners would be ignorant of the ways of the stars. They wouldn't know the star lightning path of Enoch. So when you go up and you bring that grace judgment, that gives everyone the opportunity, that's grace to give everyone around you. And the higher you go, the higher that sphere of influence will go outward. And what it does is it empowers others to rise. So they either rise with you or they will be cut off from you and that judgment comes upon them. And that's what we see as we go up. But it, it never happens in God outside minded, bewitched Christianity, even if it's glory stream, drunken glory, charismatic, any type of variation of those things. This is where you see the actual change happen. This is where you see the true love of God mercy and judgment balance with truth on display because only truth sets you free from being what earthbound cosmic grace means you go up noah a preacher of righteousness he went up he raised a standard he had righteousness when he went up he raised a standard bam caused the floods when moses went up Commandments came down. Fire. When Jesus came up, the new covenant came down. In his blood, his spirit, his Holy Spirit. The very spirit living inside of me and living inside of many of you watching right now. It's because he went up sapphire stones. So what do you think is going to happen when you have a company of people that go up sapphire stones in the appointed time? To bring in the seventh week, to bring in the eighth week, to bring in the ninth week, which are not just markers in time, they are markers in time, but they are sapphire stones at certain levels. When you go up and you circumcise that, what was the old covenant for? The old 
man made of sapphire stones that had the false sapphire stones, the blackness, the uncircumcised heart, uncircumcised sapphire stones in spirit, in soul, and in flesh. Now in the flesh, they did circumcision. But a better covenant is a higher circumcision, not just an external sign of what was to come later. Not just a saved only in your spirit and then your soul is just always sinful and your body is always sinful. But the ability for cosmic circumcision for mankind. Because when those sapphire stones are circumcised, it's no longer a dead letter ruling in the, the dust of the flesh. The part that needs circumcised is the kingdom of the enemy, right? That, that shell around it, that false sapphire stone that surrounds that part that needs circumcised. The dust of the serpent, which was his inheritance, is being removed from us at a cosmic level. It's within you. You rise within, and as each sapphire stone is circumcised from that false gemstone, that appearance of lapis lazuli, that, that, that tower-like alabaster, false grace, is removed at each one by the discernment, not of our own discernment, not of our own power, but by undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, being set free by the truth, walking in cosmic righteousness. That sword that's given to them is on the eighth day. And when you rise in that level of cosmic circumcision, that's when you're going to start to see the justice on a larger scale. That's when you're going to see the sword given to the righteous on a cosmic level. And that is a height in the spirit. Amen. Oh. Job 25.3 Is there any number to his vast celestial armies? And upon whom does his light not rise? The sovereignty of his light. What's his light? The spirit of grace. Light itself is grace. What's the difference between false light? You notice false light down here? It's all religion and legalism. When a human being's fallen, covered in the dust of the earth, it's because true light is unknown to them. Grace is the divine nature of the light being. That's why it's called God's favor, because God himself is in and upon that vessel. Like it says, the first mention of grace in the Bible. And Noah mm. found grace in the eyes of God. So what happened? Mm. Lots of water. It rained. It sprung up from below. It rained from above. And he went up in an ark. Grace is the resurrection. So it's a lot different than just the theology. So much of Christianity in the Laodicean church, what makes it Laodicean is its knowledge without the experience of the power of the act of God. Whereas the first century church, they had more of the experience of the power of the act and less of the knowledge. So what makes us the seventh church of Revelation, which is the truth, 
of what we're coming out of in this generation, Laodicean, is that we're sleeping in our knowledge about God in whole realms of resurrection experiences. When you rise from the dead, you'll know His grace more. When you walk in the heavenly places, the Bible says that many shall arise from the dust of the earth, Daniel chapter 12. So rising requires removing. Where you lose people is they say no to the removing. What is dust? It's the covering of the earth. It's the covering of man's knowledge, woman's knowledge, man's control, woman's control. My head is in control. My head is Lord. Now find me a Christian in their brain is not their Lord. You found a disciple, someone that follows the Holy Ghost, because the only way your brain is not your Lord is if you're a disciple of true grace. Because grace is what gets your head. Where we see crucified to destroy Satan, the place of the skull, the head. If your head is controlling your heart, you can't rise. It's the cap. The head, the brain, is the dust of the earth. It's what covers. It's the bushel that covers the light of the city of God. Jesus said, don't let a bushel cover your light. Which means don't let your head cover your spirit. Don't let your head cover the born-again nature. Mm. God's fathering your spirit. He's the father of light. What kind of light is he fathering? You can guarantee he's fulfilling his own word. It's the growing in grace commanded in Scripture. The fathering of God is the increase of true light in your spirit. Mm. That's why you're always joyful. Because your entire existence is not based on your own personal performance, but on the performance of Jesus and the performance of the Holy Ghost, and you're joining to Him. So the fruits later of being joined to the man of grace will be acts of graciousness towards undeserving people, which saves them. No one ever changes behavior. You've never seen it in the history of the world. You cannot have behavioral changes in individuals except from them encountering God's grace. That's what disciples people out of darkness into light. Not just in spirit, not just in theology, but in personality, in behavior, in a different world. When you are living in poverty and religion and bitterness and all the curses of Satan, grace was a substance of light that saved you. What does it mean to be saved by grace? A lot of people think saved by grace is just a teaching and a theology. It was an encounter with God's light. And that light that was undeserved shone on your heart and on your mind and raised you up in grace as light himself. That's true light. True light transforms behavior. False light you stay the same and just keep on learning but never understanding, mm -hmm. keep on seeing but never perceiving. Otherwise, you'd repent. The word repent there means go higher. The word repent means go into heaven. Otherwise, you'd walk into heaven, in other words. And what was the grace that Jesus Christ, grace incarnate, what, what, what level of grace did Jesus Christ, grace incarnate, give to the wicked rulers of his time? Fill up then the measure of the sin of your fathers, you snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape the sentence of hell? Yeah, grace sent him to hell. Look at Herod. 
the judgment that Jesus brought upon Herod, this is a great teaching in grace. Because Herod used all the grace of Jesus to amass billions, guys, billions of dollars. He was like one of the wealthiest, most powerful kings on planet Earth. Jesus didn't go up to him with a sword and just chop his head off. That's what we do when we're young Christians, like Peter, just chopping people's heads off with the Bible, with truth. When you're immature, you just chop people's heads off with the Word. Chopping ears ministries worldwide. Half of you need to stop doing that. You're doing that <laughs> to everyone around you. It's zeal without knowledge. It's actually sin. You're sinning with truth. Just pop that ear back on. Just be like, huh? Give me that ear. Jesus. Lend me your ear. Didn't attack that way. Put it back on. It was a sovereign, yeah. different level of judgment because he brought it down upon devils, upon angels. The reason why Jesus acted differently in judgment because he wasn't just judging the acts of men, but the angels behind their evil acts. That's why it takes wisdom to walk with Christ. Because if you're not wise, you'll just be out here with do's and don'ts and killing each other with truth. And it's not real truth because it's mm -hmm. not real grace and it's mm -hmm. that's not the God's reason. Ways. That's the reason why Bob Jones says you're not going to get the power of God released to you. And he said that to the majority of people who were listening to Bob Jones, who was like, you know, the crazy person of his time and, and the glory, right? He was out there. And... Uh, yeah, he said, yeah, he's not going to give you guys the power because you kill each other with it. Oh, yeah, how many times do you find yourself in a, a fit of rage? <laughs> it's, oh, what they can't whisper. <laughs> how many times do we find people killing us every day of full-time ministry? It's like a thousand times a day I'm murdered by my Ooh. own brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's the truth anyhow. Why? Because they have not yet grown mm -hmm. in true grace that's why your only power currently for people who are practicing that is only witchcraft so you have to put the witchcraft down and surrender your power to get the true power of god he's never going to give it to you as long as you're acting like that if you're if you're acting up like that all the time and we're just going to say it nicely acting up <laughs> it's witchcraft it's illegal but you're not going to get but it. here's how Herod got judged jesus just flooded the whole region with his spirit and he allowed them to gradually, like plants, like trees, like vegetation, because this is how God sees. God's a great gardener. <laughs> he allowed it to gradually remove itself through the atmosphere he sovereignly created. How is the judgment going down in the nations? How is the judgment going down upon George Soros? Like rat poison. The Clinton, Clintons? It's going down by a sovereignty of an atmosphere created by a people that have flooded the world with heaven's light. It'll be different. And all of it, God will be seen. It's like the diaspora. The diaspora was Jesus' sovereign answer. You could say because of the works of Christ, the Jews were judged in Jerusalem by the diaspora, which was the sacking of Jerusalem in 70 AD by Titus of Rome. Under Caesar's orders, so you need to understand a cosmic perspective, otherwise you'll sin with your individual actions, like Peter trying to implement justice apart from God's cosmic perspective. Best thing you could do is get around the mature wise men, the magi, because they have cosmic perspective. Why? They're following the stars. They out 
witted Herod, it is written. No one could do that except wisdom. Cosmic mm -hmm. wisdom is the only thing that was smarter than the billionaires, the Bur Bilderberg group of Jesus Christ's day. Right, stars in their hosts, and then they get an angelic warning. They get a dream warning. They get, they follow the star. They hear from the host. Stars and yeah, hosts. Yeah, it wasn't sorcery. They were practicing righteousness. <laughs> sorcery is not having the angelic accountability. Being cosmic without angelic accountability is doing your own thing, tapping into fallen angel, cosmic reality called principalities in heavenly places. That's what the wicked do. Our accountability is first with the angels. You have to understand that following God, if you read the Bible, was following the angels. The holy angels were the ones giving orders and directions to all the disciples in the New Testament. No one's obedient to God unless they're obedient to God's sent angels, and you will deal with that for decades. He's like, oh, no, not angels for me. I just deal directly with the Holy Spirit. You're a Pharisee, and it's it's going to be a wake-up call. That's not biblical Christianity. Mm -hmm. Submitting to the lowest-ranking angel in heaven was how I found the door of Enoch, <laughs> literally. And I would say my guardian angels, uh, there's been multiple times where hearing their voices instructing me has saved my life physically. So it's good to listen to your angels. You read the book of Revelation, servant of, of God, servant of Jesus Christ, exiled to Patmos for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God. When God sent his angel to John on Patmos. Now you, gotta see, you see this, you're never going to get it any other way. Even when God will show up to you, He's going to show up to you like an angel. Because everyone in heaven, if you read the Bible, Zion, which is the kingdom of heaven, is angelic. Which means you cannot have divine experiences without angelic experiences. It'll never happen. You can't grow in Christ without growing in the angelic. If you're growing in just religion down here in the dirt, being good and trying to get wise and get get into the glory and feel God and be obedient, and you're not growing in the angelic, it's a waste of time. It's not even Christianity. We need to be angelic disciples. Your new creature is 100% angelic, for this is the only part of you that can walk on sapphire stones. Mm -hmm. The rest of you is disqualified. Your flesh won't, your soul won't, your spirit can, because your spirit's a new creature. And your spirit man can share true vision true eyes to the false eyes in your brain right in your head these are lying deceiving false eyes jesus christ said those who operate in these eyes were operating in specks and planks how many christians do that almost all for i've rarely in my life have ever met a believer circumcised of eyes which means seeing correctly <clears throat> it's practically unknown in christianity right now but Jesus Christ, it is written about him in Isaiah 11, never judged or discerned by his natural eyes. That's scripture. Isaiah 11, he will never judge by what he sees, which means he'll never use the judgment and discernment of the natural man. Realize that's a messianic or a Christian trait. Mm -hmm. You can't even be messianic or Christian, according to Isaiah 11, if you're using your natural eyes to judge. Oh, he looks a certain way. 
Oh, they're wearing sunglasses while they break a crescent moon. That's the old cult. Always um, something, you know. They make a triangle with your hands. That's the old yeah. medieval. You know, we don't be, like triangles because the mark of death or the animal is using your senses as judges. You have made yourself judges, Jesus Christ said, and He says that's why you have no wisdom. When your own eyes and your own brain are the judges, you're not allowing God. To be God, you've made yourselves gods under the I M's of Isaiah 14 of your father, the devil. Come on! And coming out of the devil's nature is coming out of the false discernment and judgment or the angel of death of you being gods, which under religious piety. And of course, we're offended by the verse, you are gods. Why? Because you have made yourself gods and the living God is not your own deity. Your religiosity is your deity. That is our humongous pride that God wants to deal with today in all our hearts and minds. Let it burn. Present that as a sacrifice before the Holy Spirit today for the Holy Spirit's deity to rise in your hearts. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach your spirit how to be holy as He is holy. Be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as I'm perfect. Oh, I can't. He's so far off. Nope. He's right in there. He has. He's the sustainer of the born-again spirit. You have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you can yield to Him. You can know Him. You can follow Him. You can hear Him. You can obey Him. You can allow Him to teach your spirit. You can value the spirit more than the soul. Your feelings, your emotions, your cultures, your cares, wants, desires, your, your soul has to be expendable to grow as a spirit. You got the Holy Ghost. There's joy on that. I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. Your soul has to be expendable <laughs> in order for your spirit to grow. If your soul is what you're clinging on to, you will never grow in the new creature nature your whole Christian lives. In fact, they won't be Christian lives. They'll be soulish, selfish <laughs> lives that are not Christian at all. Only the spirit part of you, the born-again part of you, the divine God-sperm mm. part of you. First yes. Yes. John says you are born of God's sperm of the word that is incorruptible, infallible, and perfect. Now that part of you went right into your heart. And you confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believed in your spirit that he's risen from the dead, and you're regenerated. Where? Out of your head into your heart. What is bewitchment? Going back into your head and forsaking your heart. Now you're twice dead. Now you're more lost afterwards because you have knowledge about God. Now you're exactly like the fallen angels, which is mostly what you deal with in Christianity if we're honest with ourselves. That's what. You, that's why it's so bad. That's why it's 99.99% mm -hmm. of the people just come and murder the prophets every time they turn in to tune into Joel's bar. And it's not mm -hmm. just like, yay, the spirit man gets to grow. We're here to grow our spirit. It's like, let the brain nice. shut it down. Let the brain <laughs> kill it. As it's written, Arguments against they will race. trample underfoot the spirit part of us for time, times, and half a time. That's what Revelation says. That the carnal, soulish, selfish religious believers will murder the spirit part of the born-again creature for about 3,000 years. For about however long it takes for us to destroy that mark in the forehead and that mark in the hand, which is the human part of us. 
And you know what's going to take it out? It's not going to be anger, rashness. It's not even going to be the intensity of the roar of the Lion of Judah. It's going to be the wrath of the Lamb. What is that? The floods of grace. The floods of grace will change religious people. Religious people will melt like wax before the presence of the floods of His liquid grace. Politicians, Antichrist spirits, Antichrist sons and daughters of Antichrist will melt away. Mm. What we need is not all of this debating stuff like you see on Twitter every day. I'm right, you're wrong. It's just babyhood immaturity. Even though you are right and they are wrong, that ain't going to even help you. It's not an issue of right and wrong. It's an issue of light and darkness. And until you grow in true light, you can't vanquish darkness from the nations. Grow in cosmic grace and bring a personal flood, Ezekiel 47, of rivers of grace through your individual overcoming of self-righteousness. Noah is a level on the sapphire stones. If you remember from our masterclass training in righteousness, which I know you're taking the course, I know you're doing your homework, I know you're catching up. I it's a, a level sarcasm there. <laughs> um, encouraging. Maybe <laughs> some people are gonna start. Some people are doing it. They're doing it. They're doing the homework. They're getting the downloads. Angels are talking to you. They're telling you about Malkut, Keter. The holy angels want to take the stuff. You gotta take, go through the class. Even if you've heard all those videos before, I personally, I go through the class because I have so much more to learn from all that material. There are so many little moments of like revelation that kind of, that comes up during the class, and the power of what is in that word that God has provided uh, through the videos that Brandon and I have done, and the Holy Spirit hand selected these videos for this class. It's not just like an arbitrary thing. So if God, the Holy Spirit, said, okay, I want you to put this and this and this, each video is hand-selected for that class by God himself. I mean, we're talking about encounters with Noah himself, all these different people from the cloud of witnesses. There's so much that I'm learning going back through, or you revisit those revelations and you grow them inside of you until it overtakes. But why is it when, you know, Brandon was saying, uh, you go back into the brain after being saved again. Uh, you, how do you go back to the brain? What is, what is that? You're going back to the fallen human nature, the DNA. It's the old DNA. When you get saved and you get that deposit of the Holy Spirit, that's grace. That's that. What he said, the God sperm genetics. That's divine DNA. What? Okay. What do you think this is? If you recall from the class, sapphire stones. You stack them all up in the order that they go. It's like the DNA swirl. It's Jacob's, it's, it's Jacob's ladder. It's your it's your DNA. So when you receive, and it's Christ, it's the spirit of Christ. When you receive those in your spirit, that's the new DNA, which is it's tiny inside of you at first. So if you go back into this unrenewed mind, and it's just a, still a tiny deposit of the Holy Spirit in here, just in seed form, right? If you abandon the genetics, right, the genetics of a plant are in the seed. That seed has to go into the ground and die. Die, right, die. Into the earth, into the earthen vessel. And then it sprouts and it grows. And you might not see it hit the surface for a while, but you have to trust that this is how gardening works. It goes and it dies. I'm not gonna see it for a little bit, but it's gonna germinate, it's gonna sprout. And once it breaks through the surface, then you'll see. 
you'll start to see more of the the fruitfulness you won't even see fruit probably for a little while you're gonna see leaves you'll see a little sprout <laughs> that you have to protect from the deer even like baby deer are a serious threat for a small tree right you put a fence around it or if it's leaning it's having trouble you put a stake in the ground you put a cross and you tie it you you attach it to that cross to help it grow straight so it doesn't you know deviate there's all those things but if you abandon that seed and you go back to brain you're leaving the divine dna for the fallen dna what does that mean instead of sapphire stones you're talking the the shell around it fallen flesh which is the dust the dust of the earth which is the dust of the sapphire around the sapphire stones since the fall of man and who has that as an inheritance satan so you're literally making yourself serpent food and that's where you're putting your consciousness that's where you're putting your treasure and sinking sand so it's as simple as god inside minded that's how the christians became satan's army literally so you got to go into that mountain of god and even if it starts as a pebble starts as just a small seed a mustard seed of faith that will grow into the tallest tree what is the tallest tree it's the one that pierces through the heavens all the heavens it grows into the highest heavens and what is it written in the in the bible what is in the psalms that is higher than the highest heavens the mercy seat that's grace blood poured down blood and water of jesus christ pouring down like 13 rivers of healing oil through 13 dimensions of sapphire stones within you that's that kingdom of heaven that you gotta draw out like water a deeper well within you i'm going to a deeper well i'm abandoning my mind and reasoning and senses that are fallen in the old DNA, and I'm, even though I can't hardly see it, even though I can't hardly feel it, I'm gonna mix this word with faith. I'm gonna put my hand on my spirit and believe in the word of God, and I will grow my spirit and grow that small seed and grow into the tallest trees, and I will pierce the heavens with my sword, and I will take back that which the enemy has stolen. For the body of Christ, for the glory of our Father, to be a part of a glorious company of stars and their hosts, the holy hosts of heaven, and a glorious company, even if it's only Gideon's 300, even if it's only Gideon's 30, that hundredfold, that thousandfold, when I get into the sun, I will transform even in my soul, and that which my senses are not yet able to perceive, I will believe by faith until I can feel it. Even when it starts just like a triple, trickle like a drop. I, just, I thought, I, you know, I sensed something. I'm going to press into that and grow my spiritual senses until they overtake this soul, until they overtake this flesh. And I will devote my life to the development of the God sperm DNA in this new creature formed within me whose inheritance is this world the world to come the new heavens the new earth and the judgment of the righteous what is it written in the book of enoch would you open the book of enoch what does it say chapter one the words of the blessing of enoch with which he blessed the elect and righteous who will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and godless are to be removed
And the light will be a blessing to the just and upright, and an eternal curse upon sinners. <clears throat> Same light. Someone just got into true grace. True grace to get you majorly persecuted. Because most of what we done, have done out here is witchcraft pretending to be grace. That's what makes the seventh church so dangerous. Because the Laodicean, the sleeping, the lukewarm, is Satan masquerading as an angel of light. What does that mean? Witchcraft pretending to be the grace of Jesus. Witchcraft's rebellion. Have you noticed something? You've been walking with us for months or years. It's rebellion in the guise of Christianity Ooh. that constantly persecutes you. You notice that? Yeah. It's all witchcraft. So the Satan, the Satans, the fallen angels are always coming in the guise Not of the Christ. They're always pretending to be angels of light, which means they're always pretending to be God, the gullible, the weak, the foolish, the undiscerning, the unwise. They'll listen to this false light. They'll listen to knowledge without the person of Jesus present. That's why making Jesus the person top priority, keeping your eyes fixed on him, having your faith perfected, mm. having your faith formed, mm. having your faith joined together in union inside so that you know Jesus. You'll be safe if you know the master in you. Then your head can never take you into bondage. Having begun in the heart, would you finish in the head? It is written. Having begun in the spirit, would you finish in the flesh? No. We're going to continue to work in the heart and overflow through the head. The renewal of the mind is someone who's consistent in the heart. Why do people have the same strongholds? Because they've never trusted and obeyed in their heart consistently for a week of their Christian lives. When the pastor's not around, when the pressure of people actually walking the way is not around, they go right back into the laziness of their own heads their own cultures, their own strongholds. Until you're broken enough to want to sacrifice your head from your heart, you'll never grow in Christ. You'll wander around the wilderness 40 years until you die. Is it 40 years? It's a wasteland where you can't get fruit. What makes it the wilderness? It's a fruitless, barren wasteland. You get thorns and thistles. All the things of God are constantly talked about. You're around Aaron and Moses, and yet you're still rebelling and dying. Why? One reason, if you read the Exodus, one reason. Because they never got out of their heads into their hearts, which is true of almost all Christians. Are you prepared to leave behind the manna that you've known your whole life in the wilderness? The very thing that got you to the promised land, right? They didn't have fruit in the wilderness. They had manna. That's grace wilderness grace for you to walk in a promised land mountaintop grace with fruitfulness you must be prepared to leave behind that realm of manna that you've come to know and love the earthly word the earthly prophetics earthly interpretation which correct in its in its own way in its own form for that time of your growth you must sacrifice that which got you there. The very thing that you, the very same wisdom and skill and prophetics that you've leaned on and relied on that sustained you through that whole wilderness journey 
you must abandon it when he brings you to the promised land. There is no manna in the promised land. The only manna that was kept is the hidden manna in the Ark of the Covenant, and it never grows moldy. So you're only increasing, but it takes the actions, the acts of the Father that he has prepared for you. Because if you, if you fear the giants in the land, if you refuse to obey, that is when you get into trouble and when it's going to be passed on to the next generation. Loose. You see that? Bam! There's demons out of here. Bam! <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go into the promise. I saw a giant shadow fly out on that word. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And you're rising on sapphire stones, climbing Jacob's ladder, is the same as rising through the angelic orders. Those angelic spheres, the angelic sphere, and those ranks of angels are exactly what you rise through. As Christ was made a little lower than the angels for a time, his training, he, had, he went through it, he did it in the flesh, he paved the way for us. He's already marked out the path. Now it's your job to make straight the way of the Lord. It's the spirit of Elijah, the days of Elijah, the days of Noah. Each one of those sapphires represents an angelic rank and order. And as Brandon said, when those angels come, when you, you, know, it's, you rise to them, but they're sent to you, right? Your personal angels first, you know, your guardian angels, obey them. If, if you're sent the lowest ranking angel in heaven, can you submit to that? The, the next ranking angel, it's, it's, they're always going to be better than you, higher than you, more powerful than you. They might have a type of demeanor that you don't think is very angelic. They might be the most serious, straight-faced, straight-edge looking angel. Might be like Prince Michael who ang looks angry all the time. Can you receive them? Or maybe you're a really serious person and they'll send you the angel of nonsense. <laughs> Can you submit to any one of those multifaceted personalities of God the Father, which is perfectly represented in Jesus Christ the person, which is perfectly represented in the Holy Spirit that he placed within you, which is perfectly represented by the holy angels who each represent a different aspect of God, his characters, his attributes, right, his mercy, his judgment, his personality. He's not just one type of personality. He has such a range of emotion and personality that we get to understand that through our experiences in the shadows, right, in this natural dimension by learning, by growing in the world and growing in wisdom, and then by growing up into righteousness and encountering the angels, we learn about heaven culture. We learn about their culture by interacting with the people. Right? If you go to a country, how do you learn about their culture? You might study their language. You'll look it up online, like safety tips, you know, or just common, you know, what is appropriate in that culture and what is not. But then you go and you learn. You might learn the hard way. You might offend everyone at the coffee shop on accident or, you know, say the wrong word in the wrong language, you know. You learn from trial and error and experience. And you have a great time, maybe you have a really, if you have a good attitude and a, and a humble heart, you can have a really enjoyable travel time. And look, you just, you learned about that culture. You gained experience that's different from anything that you've had before. That's just in the earth. How much more so when you rise in angelic 
culture, angelic rank, and, and you get to know the different kinds of angels, their culture, how they, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, right? Because there are certain levels of angels, if you're doing what's not appropriate and it is sin that you, you don't have the grace for that anymore as you rise, right? Certain things, there are certain qualities of grace where the grace actually lifts off of something on you in order for it to be cut away and removed. So it might have been okay for you to act like that at a certain level. And then you go up to another higher level in the angelic, and now you're around higher level angels. They are more holy, they are more they're fiery, uh, they represent that closeness to the Father's throne. They're all holy angels, but why is it that when you get to those higher levels, you cannot act, there's a certain immaturity you cannot have. You can't act that way anymore. If you go back into old sins that maybe there was grace for you to, to arise, right? God overlooks, it covers a lot of our sins. If you continue in some of those old ways, when you reach those angels, they're not going to have it. They're not going to put up with it. They're not going to put up with you. In fact, if you continue on and don't receive the correction, they won't be around. You go around the mountain, you go around that sapphire stone again, and again and again, until you get it. And that's what we do. And we learn, and we grow, and part of that, it humbles us to receive more of the training of heaven, more of God's ways. Is the joy offensive? Is the seriousness offensive? It's not black and white. It's not witchcraft. It's learning the ways of God. Teach me your ways that I might know you. Moses said that after he had even seen the back of God the Father and the story of all creation, everything he needed to write, that part of the Bible that we now know and we have from his vision of seeing God. And after all that, he said, teach me your ways that I might know you. He wanted to rise. Now, scripture says that isn't life like a fleeting vapor? I would challenge you in this revelation that I have that your spirit is the vapor, which is of the water of the divine kind. Part of you, that's the eternal part of you that doesn't decay or age, it goes on forever. And what direction it goes is up to us and what we do with our spirit in this life. But it's really like God, that it's eternal. And that's the vapor of our life. And so Job 36, 27 tells us what to do with the vapor. <laughs> For he draws up the drops of water. Now he's drawing you up into the higher <laughs> celestial realms, which means there's more liquid responsibilities, more spiritual responsibilities, <laughs> more angelic substances. For he, Job 36, 27 for he draws us up like drops of water, and they distill rain from its celestial stream. It's a picture of the resurrection by living water in your spirit, vapor, drops of water. Distill, what is distill? When you distill water, it's the purest form, it's the vapor, it's the steam. It's like the glory smoke. It's the cloud. What's a cloud? It's like the smoke mm. of water. A cloud is the smoke of water. Mm, so it's speaking about 
rising from the dead in the water part of you. That's the pillar of smoke of Song of Songs, the, the, the pillar of the temple. She comes up, it's her spirit coming up. Mm. Amen. The pillar of the glory cloud. Now they distill rain, the latter rain, the rain of Christ. This is Job 36, 27. They mm. distill rain. Now where's the harvest, y'all? Revelation 14, 14, seated on the cloud, which means your spirit man has rise, risen. Your spirit man has become distilled rain. It's become a rain cloud. Which means your mind is renewed to your spirit. The vapor of your spirit has taught your brain how to bring rain. A son of God is a mm. rainmaker. Your day dawning is rainmaking. Look at Elijah, the nature of Elijah. He prayed and the rain stopped, which means no spiritual activity. He prayed again and it rained. Spiritual activity from the cosmos loosed. Which is the maturity of Elijah, the maturity of the prophetic. You learn how the spiritual works in your spirit, rising up like water drops. Because God has infinite mm. water in him. which That's what king of glory means. It's infinite living water ability. This is how you get good fruit through good water. Woo. <laughs> Distilling rain from its celestial stream. Mm. This is what the floods of grace are distilling rain from celestial streams. This is how your inner man rises through the river of life in your bellies. John 7, 38, the Bible says you've already been given the Holy Spirit without measure because you're called to repent, return to God. The issue is what are you going to do with the vapor in you? What are you going to do with the water in you? Are you going to pour it out on the desert? Which is just spill it out in the earth? and not use it to go up into the source. If you go up into the source, it's like a good farmer, you get more. Mm. If you were a good steward with the one, the three, the five talents, you got 10, 15, 25. It just, he keeps it coming. So This is why the scripture says, seed time and harvest remain forever. How about learning how to sow and reap water? Sow and reap fragrance. Sow and reap mm. fruitfulness. Sowing and reap celestial realms sowing the heavens reaping the heavens but if you pour out your spirit you pour out your vapor your liquid which is the life of your spirit which gives light and life to your soul and body you never get more and so your life is fleeting instead of fleeting we have resurrecting which goes into eternal life what is eternal life more water added under the vapor wow. more water added under the vapor then you can bring rain. Bringing rain is teaching how to bring eternity. In Jesus' name. Psalms 19.1 The celestial realms announce God's glory. Announce God's rain. Announce God's waters. The skies testify of His hand's great work. How? Enthroned over the floods. Enthroned over the rivers. Enthroned over the streams. Angelic streams that make natural streams so you're learning the angelic which is learning the invisible which is also mm -hmm. the primary part of you the vapor part of you the water part of you now to be dead and to be deceived is to not value or understand the vapor part of you the water the steam the mist part of you if you don't understand your spirit like a water drop 
you'll never prioritize the divine. It'll always be the temporal, which means you'll live your life as an utter fool. But prioritizing the water drop means that you'll live for wisdom and the foolishness will be progressively cut away like a desert dry place. That's how the desert goes away. That's how the wilderness goes away. And everything becomes a lush garden, well-watered fountain of the Lamb. And everything in your spirit, soul, and body is alive. Everything in your house is alive. Even the pictures in your house. I'm talking on earth as it is in heaven now. If you prioritize that vapor, you go right through the portal of the picture. The picture prophesied oh, yeah. to speak to you. Every wall, the... every ceiling, every floor, every window, every door is alive. Okay, this I got t- <laughs> testimony. There was last summer, I asked Jake to make me a coffee or like a latte. And I went over to watch to see, you know, how he was making it. He has some kind of way he learned from a coffee shop or something. And we've been we've been praising in the glory to a lot of those Ruth Heflin songs. And uh, there's something about, I kept, we were listening, I think it was like Joshua Mills reaching up in the cloud and bringing it down. And so I'm watching Jake make this latte. And I thought, you know what? would be really great because I'm always thinking cosmically about my coffee or if I'm like my food mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about what can I bring out of heaven to put into my food that I'm eating or my drink that I'm drinking right because otherwise what's the point it's just an external beverage and it makes me there's no point there's no I can't find satisfaction in it unless it's a cosmic beverage right it's some kind of cosmic beverage company so I reach in the cloud by faith I put my hands up and I reach into this cloud and just Bam! Bring something down like that, and as soon as I did that, the uh, the milk swir- frother, you know the arrochino Nespresso. You know, click the button. There's no voice commands on it at all. It started talking, and we look at each other like, "Did you just hear that?" I was like, "It must have been something came down out of the cloud," but it came alive and it started talking to us, and uh, it had some. It was talking about the cloud or something. Or, and uh yeah i mean it was making foam so i was like yeah put that cloud foam in my latte thank you it's even blessed. the milk frother will cry, cry out. out and it did here at the crack house here in minneapolis minnesota just reach up and just <laughs> reach up and grab it <laughs> you know <laughs> i was a blessing in that latte you know i used to practice doing that when i was a waitress People would get food and stuff like that, and I would just be blessing the food. I'd be releasing the glory all over it. I was like, you're going to get infected with grace. <laughs> you know? Oh, infected. Melting the elements is setting them free from the Oh, my curse. gosh. You guys, when I started doing that, I would get... Here's a tip. I get so many tips because <laughs> I noticed that no one would send back anything. It was always a delicious, and they would be like, oh, my... They were like, this is the best thing. And even the grace, you know, because it's just normal people out living their life when they'd order, like, alcohol. I would just pour grace and I would pray for them. Like, and I would just pour, like, just by faith, remove any of the evil spirits. Yeah, remove the evil spirits out of their um, alcohol beverages and imbue, like, the, the heavenly wine, like, the celestial wine of grace. And just pour out forgiveness because you can't. You can't be out here trying, you know, you're working a Babylonian job as a server telling me, like, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol. It's a quick way to get fired, you know? <laughs> like, you have to have some wisdom. So I would just um, pray for them and put grace and just cover them. And, you know, because love covers a multitude of sins. And they don't know. They don't know nothing, right? So, but what would happen is a lot of these people would get encounters. 
And then I would start to see, you know, regular customers are coming in. They would start to go. They would go from sad when they came in, or pissed off, to like soft-hearted. And they'd be having a good day. Their hearts would would soften, and they would be. I would see healing, miracles, chronic illnesses, you know, completely healed. This one girl, she'd have like a seven out of ten pain, or to like sometimes a ten out of ten pain, uh, chronically for years, Com- completely gone just through praying for her, you know? And I started to get more bold in my workplace. Why could I be bold in my workplace? Because I worked my tail off. When I would work hard and I would do my job, I would, I, would, I literally died to my own self-life to, okay, I, I have no life outside of whatever I've been given to do right now. God's given me this job. This is my job. It's not like, oh, I can't wait. Why am I staying here so late? I don't have nothing else going on. This is my assignment. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm going to have fun with the Lord. We're going to do it. We're going to be, uh, I'm armored up. I got my Bible verses in my little book. We're, we're, we're taking a look what's going on, you know. What, what are my assignments every day? And we'd have so much fun, and it'd be so good, and there'd be challenges. But what were the big breakthroughs? Taking responsibility for your own actions at work. Like if I made a mistake, instead of like, you know, kind of... You know how it is in the server restaurant industry, you'd be like kind of cover yourself, try to lie, or try to avoid responsibility. It's just like, nope, even if it costs me my own money, I'm gonna have to pay. I made that mistake, that's mine. Yeah, and what would happen is through integrity and honesty and hard work, and I would focus and pay attention. What is What are the um, things that my bosses, even when they were completely ridiculous, crazy, way too overbearing, Whatever it was that people said, they're this, they're that. I would literally see grown men cry leaving the first day on the job because they couldn't handle the pressure. You submit yourself to that kind of, what would I, I read my Bible and it said, even if they're a terrible boss. <laughs> but here's the thing, it wasn't terrible bosses, it was terrible demons. So by humbling myself to the being a servant of all, serve the people who were, you know, uh, being, you know, mean towards me or uh, unfair toward me, taking all the good tape, you know, the good tables, giving me the worst things or like always putting me down, loving them, helping them. I would make sure all my tables are taken care of first and then make sure all theirs are taken care of. So it's like your job is to take care of, you know, everything God's given you and then take care of everyone else. And you make sure that ship doesn't go down because it's not about you versus them don't go down to that pettiness what happened in that workplace and I feel like I'm speaking to somebody right now is those people that you know saw me as some kind of an enemy or threat or would treat me like that they came to know that no matter how much they mistreated me no matter how much they abused me no matter how much they were mean to me or whatever it was they could always count on me to be there for them when they needed help if it got too busy if they got in over their head I was always there to help them to be kind to them, to forgive them, to be gracious toward them. And what happened was they I began to gain more responsibility, favor, honor. And then I found when I'd make a mistake, they would cover it for me. They would pay for it for me. I was given so much grace. Because when you sow that grace and you overcome that human temptation to want to kill, to want to murder them, to get even. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Well, what's Joseph's vengeance? He got the opportunity to take care of them. And so that's that's your responsibility in your workplace. And what did that do? Because of the work ethic, I was making good money. 
I made my, my bosses a lot of money. We had a better work environment. The whole place, every work environment I'd go into would completely change. The whole thing would change. And my customers would be shocked to see, like a prophetic couple came in and they sat in my section because I asked God to send someone. They were like, oh my gosh, you're just being so bold. You're saying the gospel. You're telling me you're just at your workplace. You have to back it up with the hard work ethic, uh, the humbling of yourself, understanding what you have the grace for, and changing the atmosphere. It cannot be that false, nice, nice Christianity or, oh, I don't need to submit. They're just being demonic and da-da-da. You literally are submitting yourself to them in hopes of saving some, whether they're a good boss or not. And in the end, uh, most of everyone I worked for would have an encounter with God. I saw people get saved. I saw cancer healed. Um, families, you know, so many, a whole, you know, a shift in the atmosphere over a whole community to where there's an establishment over that region. Even years later, I'd go back and see it's still standing there. What you're building in your workplace, in your family, in your communities is for generations of righteousness. Whatever measure that you have that's been given to you now, be faithful with that. The suffering of the cross, to love others more highly than yourself has the power to transform that atmosphere. And what it does is that builds a bridge to these people that they might receive salvation, first of all, and to find those ones who will learn and walk with you in cosmic righteousness. Amen. Mm. Walk with us in cosmic righteousness. Become financial partners with Red Letter Ministries. Exodus 3.18, the elders of the tribes will listen, which means maturity will listen. And pay attention to what you say. And you with the elders of Christianity shall go to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So now, please we ask and plead with you, let us go on a three-day journey. <laughs> the resurrection. Let us rise from the dead. Three days. On the third day he rose. A three-day journey. Old Testament was into the wilderness. I tell you the truth. New Testament, it's into the heavens. So, Exodus 3.18. So, we may sacrifice to the Lord our God until you learn how to make financial sacrifice to the Lord your God, you can never rise. It's not a big deal in the Laodicean church. It's a big deal in the church of Acts. <laughs> God's killing people over tithes and offerings in the church of Acts. Nowadays, it's just no consequences. Just give a $20 bill like it's nothing, like God's just a $20 bill to me. But the Bible says, this is the reason for your exodus to go on a three-day journey to do what? Make sacrifices. The sacrifices of the new covenant are financial. Learn how to make financial sacrifices. It'll become a wonderful sacrificial system in your marketplaces. And until you learn it, you'll never learn rising on the mountain because it's written in the Word of God. In Jesus' name, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen.
support our cosmic troops. They're on the front lines fighting for you, fighting for your families. There's so many things that could go horribly wrong that just don't because people are at the front lines warring and holding them back. So, you know, please remember our cosmic troops and support the front lines. Thank you.
with us.